Hello and welcome to the Pro Grace podcast, having new conversations about abortion. I'm Angie Wesley, and today I'm thrilled to be in New York City, sitting here on the Upper West Side with our dear friend, Chris Whitford. Hey, Angie. How are you, Chris? Good. Very good. Chris is the CEO of Avail in New York City, and Denise is here today, too. Hi, everyone. We don't always get to have you on the podcast. You usually keep me hidden away, but today I get to be... (laughs) You appeared. (laughs) Today I appeared. It would have been better if you'd been around when I forgot to hit the record button earlier (laughs) on I was here, actually. <laughs> so we've been running around New York all day. Uh, what did I say? Midtown East, yeah. Queens, Jamaica, Queens, now back to the Upper West Side. So we are having fun but tired, which is hence why I forgot to hit the record button. So if we say anything <laughs> crazy, everyone will know why. And, and we dragged Denise on the subway, which she... Love now no, she I'm, loves I'm trying it. to learn to love New York City, and today I did get to have a slice at a counter in Queens. So, and she practiced saying that, yeah, have yeah. a slice, have, not yeah. have so, a pizza. and it was actually good. <laughs> it was and I'm good. from Chicago, and this pizza was pretty darn good. So, but you don't want to start a war. Yeah, was it better sorry. than Chicago? Uh, I, I, mm, she's I claim the fifth. <laughs> that's okay. right. Okay. Excellent. And I'm not sure if that's allowed on this <laughs> podcast because you know we're having conversations about divisive issues. Yeah, right, we shouldn't right. be afraid of the pizza exactly question pizza (laughs) so So yes the the point or the the main reason for the podcast is just for us to be having a conversation that is accepting and warm and being Mm. able to disagree while still respecting each other and Mm -hmm. so we've known each other for a year yeah maybe and we agree on most things but we have had some times of of having to say what do you mean by that I'm not sure I agree and want to be able to go through this podcast Mm -hmm. with the freedom Mm -hmm. for us to do that because that's what happens in these types of conversations Mm -hmm. and we believe that only good will happen as we're able to talk about it Mm -hmm. and And even laugh a little bit and knowing that we're all on a journey we're all continuing to learn I mean I've arrived but (laughs) you guys but the rest of us are so much grace for the rest (laughs) rest of of you thanks thanks, Angie well and that's why I don't do a lot of the talking (laughs) because I just have it all figured out so I know (laughs) but I've I've grown Chris from hearing things mm. you've said, obviously, Denise, you know, I've grown from you challenging. We've, and so we just want to continue that mm. posture into this conversation because um, Chris is at, no, wait, you were telling me Chris is a naturalized citizen of New York. <laughs> yes, you- that means I've lived here 30 years. <laughs> okay. And as it's as if I were born here. Yes. So. But you have to create that category. I did. I You'll have to lobby that category. The- I almost had a party in January wow. on yeah. my, yeah, my 30th anniversary. Yeah, and to so celebrate like, that. And what would what would have been the theme? Like, what? How would you celebrate? I think I would have. Well, all the people that I've grown to love and cherish, obviously here in the city, who also love and cherish this fabulous city. Yeah, New Yorkers so do love. We love it. You love your city. Yes, we do. Mm. Absolutely, wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Well, you've been gracious to show us around yeah. and drag Denise on the subway. <laughs> I kept looking behind me, Denise, to, to make see sure if you, I was if I stayed with you guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I made it, guys. I made it out of it. <laughs> dungeon called the subway because she says she lives in chicago but you really live almost in wisconsin in the suburbs so we don't have subways in crystal lake illinois (laughs) so today um uh new york has been in the news we're sitting here in april 2019 so a few months ago new york passed um, the law that everyone's been talking about and pro grace does not take a political stand 
however, I did write a bit and talk to you about mm-hmm. this law, Chris, because it, it was important. Right. And we wanted to have a conversation today with Chris's perspective of being in New York and helping to support women facing unplanned pregnancy. Um, you're really involved in the grassroots yes. of helping women. You're yes. not involved in politics. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it is an important law and a lot of people in our churches are talking about it. So right. we thought, could we try to have a conversation <laughs> that isn't political in nature, right. but discusses how how we as Christians can respond to the law and um, view it because it really has, um, the tone's been very divisive is the only way I can say Mm. it in the national media. I don't know how you felt here in New York, but um, divisive. And it was even hard. I remember Denise and I were trying to write on this to really find out what does the law really say? And, because there's so right. many people sharing their opinions. Right. So um, just wanted to give you the freedom to start chatting. Mm-hmm. Sure. And um, well, we, I was actually the part of a veil at the very beginning. I was a founding board member back in 1992. Okay. And what was um, of chief importance to us at the time was really to respond to the abortion debate, which was not dissimilar to now, actually. It wasn't It was very volatile, cacophonous, and politicized. And um, we saw the woman pregnant with child lost in the middle mm-hmm. between these two sides that were um, arguing important points, actually. And um, one being that the woman's flourishing mattered, and the other being that the child's flourishing mm-hmm. mattered. And a binary choice was created whereby people had to align one way or another. Mm-hmm. But um, we saw that there was a woman pregnant with child lost in the middle yeah. and that we needed to walk alongside her to imagine a future of hope and flourishing for herself and her child. And that meant to create a ministry which walked alongside a woman facing an unplanned pregnancy Not as if it were a crisis, meaning a moment where fear and urgency needed to overtake the process, but rather as a moment of human suffering. And what do people want? What do I want Mm -hmm. when I'm suffering? Mm -hmm. And what I want is um, empathy and kindness, patience. I need the truth. I need support. I need um, someone to believe for me when I can't believe for myself. Mm-hmm. I need people to take me seriously. I need, I need real answers to real pro- problems. Mm-hmm. I need validation and not minimization or dismissal. So that's our vision. And it remains our vision even in the face of the recent New York State law. So in many ways... At a veil, nothing has changed mm. because we will continue to care for women the way mm. we've always cared for women. And um, though that need may be made more urgent and more um, and and more people are aware of it, the truth of the matter is is that women have been facing unplanned pregnancy for the millennia right. before this law was right. passed. Now, obviously, the law has. Um, inherent in it are cultural indicators, right? And I don't really want to go into that, but I think the question is always then, okay, this law indicates an human suffering. What? How does the church respond to people suffering? Mm-hmm. Whether they're in the church or outside of the church, how do we respond? Mm-hmm. And I think- And can you say that? Yeah. I want you to say, because I thought it was such a good point. You're yeah. telling me on that very long subway ride. Yes. <laughs> back from Queens. You're saying anytime there's a political action, 
it right. indicates that there's there's a, a true need. need. There's a yeah. true need that's right. being uh, mismanaged if right. it's a bad law, right. May, maybe an evil law, right, um, or a good law, right? So, I mean, what's the purpose of government and laws is actually to promote and to protect human flourishing, right? So. The question right. is, there's something that's in the mind of the lawmakers or the advocates, mm-hmm. some need that's in mind, some concern that's in mind. Right. And um, I know, I'm not saying that's the only thing that's in mind. Right. So well, I'm not for trying everybody. to... And for everybody. Yeah. No matter right. who we are. Right. We have a job. Uh, so I think... So I think that that's important to realize so that actually the church continues to respond historically as we have to make provision for that human need Mm -hmm. and to ask ourselves, uh, what does God call us to do in order to meet and alleviate human suffering? And maybe it even draws our attention to it in a way that we Hadn't seen. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the d- debate sometimes, I feel like, takes our eyes off. That's why I loved what you said, because this is why I stay out of politics. So often the debate takes our eyes off that true need, and it just becomes about maintaining my political stance. And I really like how you're breaking it down to, what does this tell us about a perceived need in our culture, and right. what can the church do that? Right, mm-hmm. right. So I'm not commenting on... Um, Obviously, believers need to be engaged in politics mm-hmm. and be engaged yeah. in the law sure. and be advocating good, just laws. And appreciate the a country where we can sure. correct. and yeah. be involved. So, absolutely. So absolutely. But from your vantage point of mm. directing an organization that's serving women on a day-to-day basis facing unplanned pregnancy, mm-hmm. how would you like to see especially in this climate, in this day, the church respond and engaged in this? Well, I think we need to look to the scriptures to see how Jesus responded Mm -hmm. to human need. Mm -hmm. And one of my, um, there are many, right, many examples, John chapter 4, John chapter 8. You know, John chapter 4, we see the woman at the well. And what I find fascinating is that Jesus actually goes to a woman first with his need. He's the Lord of the universe, so he obviously knows this woman is spiritually thirsty. But instead of addressing her directly on what he knows to be her most profound need, he actually connects with her as a fellow Mm. human being. Mm. And he says to her, can you draw me to drink? Can you get me something to drink? I'm I'm thirsty. Yeah, and I never thought about this too. He's he's um connecting like he's human too in that moment. Right, he yeah. really was thirsty. He really moment. was thirsty. Right. Being just he vulnerable. Was, he and, was really was thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually approached her therefore from a lower place. Mm. So only someone who has greater power can help someone who has lesser power, right? Mm-hmm. So she the power she had mm-hmm. was the capacity to give him to something to drink. Right. Wow. And he made himself vulnerable to her mm-hmm. because she could have said no, right? right? She could have said, no, you're a man. Right. I'm already in mm-hmm. trouble with men. Yeah. I can't talk to you. You're right. not going to help my reputation. Right. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. Yeah. Like, I'm already in trouble. Like, forget mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. She said mm-hmm she gave him something to drink. So, yeah. And it's I, interesting, as you say, putting her in a position of she had something to share with him, something to give. That's the place that he started building a relationship with her. Right. 
Be, and I so I think the issue, the, what I really long to see and do see at Avail and see across the body of Christ in many ways, is that we are to um, engage with people suffering from a place of meekness, mm-hmm. um, not a place of superiority mm-hmm. or a possessor of sort of insider knowledge or moral health, because actually the scriptures are pretty clear that there's no one righteous, no, not one. Mm-hmm. So really? actually we're all so <laughs> yeah. Not even no, you, no, Angie. No, no. <laughs> and that is the most freeing concept, right? Oh, it's, when you're busy trying to pretend that you're righteous, that's a lot of hard work. It's mm-hmm. a lot of hard work. And actually um, it's what divides us. Yeah. So mm, I'm better than you. Yeah. I'm righteous, you're yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I, I, I hold to some pretty old fashioned theology. So, you know, I actually think um, the, belief of human depravity is the best news around Mm, because because if we all acknowledge Mm. that we are depraved then we are equal before the just law if we're not because we're made in the image of god because eternity has been written on our hearts because we're moral beings we just by nature divide into people into categories and without human depravity all we're left with is good and bad Mm. right and so every encounter with somebody is are they a good person or are they a Mm. bad person Mm. and everybody does this whether they are of expressed Mm -hmm. faith or not and so we just Just look on twitter What's that? You just look on Twitter. Just look on Twitter. Yeah. Right. That's what's happening. No, no, isn't no. It? I'm Correct. a good person. You're Correct. a bad person. Yeah. Right. You know, and everybody has a different list. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I yeah. think all the same things are on the list, actually, but they're just in different orders. What do you mean? Yeah. We all have the same things on our list I that define think good and bad. So, I mean, I think so ultimately, mm-hmm. if if it's an infinitely long list. But yeah. you know, right. I but I think the order of it's them different. is very different. Mm-hmm. And so um you know, so so depending upon that order and depending upon how inviolate each of those things is, based on that, you render people good or bad. Mm. Yep. And so, sure. I mean, and here's Jesus, who really could have made a judgment call right. and rendered himself good yeah. and her bad, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And that right. would have been a true and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. conclusion. He didn't do he that. Didn't do so talk about how you see that happening Today, with this issue in New York City, with this new law. How do I see that? How do I see? How is it well, playing out? Um, well, I can only speak from my experience sure. in my corner. Yeah. And so I think from my corner, um, I, you know, my corner to Vail and the work that we do, we just very much identify with every woman and man who walks through our doors. Um, Mm. We're the same. Mm. You know, we're called to live our lives in the midst of a lot of mystery and in the midst of unmet longings, unmet desires, unfulfilled dreams, detours, Mm -hmm. things happening to us that we didn't expect to happen. That is just the, that's just the state of the human being. Even the person of faith we live in the time between the now and not yet. So that empathy, that meekness is really just a posture of acknowledging that we actually share a more common story than we share a different Mm. story. Our circumstances are different. Our resources are different. 
Our perspective may be different, but the challenge of being human in a broken world is not different. Yeah. And so, you know, um, we need to, instead of dividing, instead of making good and bad judgments, and I am not saying that there are not things that are good and are not things that are bad. Sure. I mean, I, you know, we, we were joking on the subway that I really do like to use the word evil. I, and wicked. You said <laughs> wicked. wicked. Yeah. And not yeah. about the musical. It was not, not about, about the musical. musical. No, right. Yeah. No, you yeah. know, um, you know, but those are, I think this is, you know, I'll just say it. I think this is an evil law that yes. has come out of very complex uh, need and and moral thinking mm -hmm. and you know uh, that's right. all i'm going to say about it directly well, well, but can we can we go back up on two things yeah. one is but you're not calling people who made the law evil mm -hmm. see no. that's the dif well, no. that's the difference yeah. you're saying the law itself is evil that's a more object moral you know right. and, and i want to ask you why in a right. second but what i'm appreciating chris is you're talking about the problem comes when we make this person good or bad, or mm -hmm. this person evil or good, because mm -hmm. the truth is we all have yeah. great capacity for good because right. we're made in the image of right. God and great capacity for evil right. because we right. get led astray right. by our own temptations or the enemy. So right. I can appreciate, I, I think right. that's one thing that's gone wrong. If I may say, right. you don't have to say right. it, you know, mm -hmm. but I can say in watching how this law has played yeah. out, both sides make the other side yeah. The people are evil and people the people are, are morally depraved as opposed to just saying, this right. is my opinion about yeah. this law and trying to find out sure. why it was made. Right. And, and I would we, say all people are morally depraved. We so all that's are. a correct exactly. statement. Right. right. <laughs> but if we, if, right. We, <laughs> if we make people evil, then we treat them as such. And is that what God is calling us to do? Well, um, that is a question for philosophers yeah. and theologians. Right. And I... You know, I don't want to embark on something I cannot speak. Um, See, you know, that's where you're different on. from us. That's where you're different from us because we just <laughs> we'll say just it. Say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll just say it. Pretend that we're no, philosophers. No, I mean, I think yeah. some of these really things not. are very complicated. They really yeah. are. Yeah. They're yeah. very, yeah. very complicated. Yeah. They are. And courage um, looks different. Yeah. And courage has many um, jackets. Yeah. And so I really... Um, and we're called to express that courage in different ways. And yeah. I'm not accountable for anybody else's expression. I'm only right. accountable for the one that God has asked me to right. be obedient to. So let's good. That's so, good. And let's go to the one that you share because yeah. I want to break this down. So you said this is this is an evil law. That's your opinion. Right. So what now as you and, and I think some people will hear that and go, whoa, that feels so strong. So first you can explain what you mean by that. But secondly, I'd love for you to get into it, it's addressing a real need just in a bad way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to go into all the details on that, but I think that, um, or even what you mean by evil, because again, I think that's a strong word that people, I, I think that as the Christians, we have the word of God yeah. and it tells us, uh, you know, that we are not righteous in and of ourselves. Right. That our righteousness is a gift of God received yeah. by faith. Yeah. And it produces humility. Yes. So our response can be bold, can be full of conviction in any situation, but it, mu but it must be meek and it must be in service of love mm -hmm. and it must be humble. And it must be courageous. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is all of those things. 
Um, and I just think that um, we need to, I, I want us, and I see this, I do see this, that there is therefore a real willingness to embrace the complexities of human suffering. Mm-hmm. I think not have more to have than an answer anything. For and it is complex. It's not black and It white. is complicated. Yeah. People facing unplanned pregnancy, their unplanned pregnancy is not the only evidence of human suffering in their life. Yeah. It is one of many. And so <laughs> I think that when we as believers are willing to say... <laughs> gosh, this broken world is really complicated Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. complex. And there's a mystery to God's sovereignty that I don't understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then we're willing to hear really, really difficult stories and narratives and meet people with, uh, with, you know, where the, where we're figuring out the way to go is not, is not plain. It's, it's, it's born of great distress. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, that, as we reflect that and that we're not scared of that because our God is big mm-hmm. and he's mighty and he is, um, you know, he makes the crooked street and the, and the high low, he, he raises up the valleys. He, he, he causes streams to flow in the desert. He resurrects the dead. Yeah. So if we believe that, which we say we do, right. Then then we actually have the capacity to hear really, really difficult things and to go, huh, okay, let, let me link arms with yeah. yours and let's, let's walk figure together this, this out. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there aren't moral absolutes. Right. Of course there are. There are guardrails. There, there, are, there are guardrails that God gives us in his word all over the place. Right. Um, and so I think we need to really imagine what those, you know, what are the guardrails that we need to more fully embrace and um, and believe that God is big enough to handle somebody's really, really sad, sad story. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing you said in the beginning that's so important to having this posture is you said you know, what we need, what I need when I'm suffering. And I think, you know, handling someone else's sad, sad story, I have my own sad, right. sad story. Mm-hmm. And I think we, I don't know, if for some reason it just happens in the church. And I, again, I'm not a philosopher, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to say why, but we tend to forget that, right? Because mm-hmm. no one wants to live remembering, you know, how Jesus has pulled right. me out of many sad, still pulls me mm-hmm. out. It's not like he just pulled me out when I right. became a Christian. Right. He pulls me out all the time. Right. right. I violate. That's our constant posture, yeah. actually, yes. is one of needing rescue. Well, I need him all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it and that actually is the most growth I've experienced in my Christian life when I get comfortable with my need and lean into it mm-hmm. and say, right. you have abundance, I have needs. But we categorize those, I guess, is my point. And so the empathy can leave us when we forget that this person's story is no more sad mm-hmm. than my own. Mm-hmm. Right. And that we're all the same. That we're all the same. Mm-hmm. So I, some of you think about this moral story. Okay, here's a right. moral. Since we're on this moral yeah. um, thing, I have a friend. I was in a Bible study fellowship class with her. Um, and she's the sweetest woman you'd ever, you can't imagine her ever doing anything wrong. <laughs> Just so <laughs> sweet and loving and beautiful. And she works with pris- in- inmates, prisoners. Mm-hmm. And she goes and visits with a ministry. And so she was telling us that one day she um, was going to go visit a woman 
And she said to the Lord, I don't think I can visit this woman mm-hmm. because her crime was against a child. Mm-hmm. And that is just making me sick, Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, and she's in the car, you know, on right. her way. I don't think I can do this. A crime against a child, I can't do that. And she said that the Lord answered just in his loving, beautiful way to her, your sin is the same to me as hers. Mm -hmm. And she said it was this amazing encounter with the Lord, and she's Mm -hmm. never had any trouble Mm -hmm. visiting an inmate after that. And I think that if that, and that's the gospel, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so, of course, the enemy wants to distract us from that Mm -hmm. and get us into this, we're better than you, moral superiority. But when we see it that way, my suffering is the same as this person facing an unplanned pregnancy or abortion, you know, decisions I've made are the same. Right. That right there... Mm Changes the whole yeah, right. atmosphere, and and that's when we can believe God for more because we've seen Him do it for us over and right over and over. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, in this issue, the church has been a bit stuck and not able to go there. And that's that's one of our passions with Pro Grace. Sure. But don't know if you well, have I thoughts think it's of how the that's human condition happened. to want to hide. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. let's look at the garden. Right. Yeah. What What is unplanned pregnancy? But an Revealed sin. Right. Mm-hmm. And so revealed. I mean, you can't right. hide it. You're yeah. not hiding it. Right. And so it's it's disquieting, right? It's at its best disquieting to people. And it's worse. We don't know. You know, we just, I don't know. We don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, but I have compassion for that response because I think we do that with our own sin, we right? Do. We're disquieted with our own sin right. and we'd rather hide it than right. have it seen. I mean, right. And, and I think it, it. I, I think it's not unsimilar to why people avoid others who are suffering mm. because they, because it threatens their view of God, which says if He did this to you, what is He going to do to me? Wow. I'd really not rather. I'd really rather not have that thought front cross my mind. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just going to avoid the reality of a story where God was not tame. Wow. Wait, so you are a philosopher. Mm-hmm. Is this what you sit up at night <laughs> thinking about? Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. a little bit. Okay. So, <laughs> so all her free time. Flesh this out because I'm sitting here going, whoa. Wow. Oh my gosh, do I do that? No, I mean, flesh this out for us. That's a profound. I, I think God is scary. Mm. The fear of the Lord. I mean, C.S. Lewis said it great, right? He's good, but not tame. He's not tame. He's a lion. He's the lion of Judah. Well, and good. And he, he, he gets to define good, right? Mm-hmm. So we may not think it's good. And he yeah. gets to divide, you know, define time. Yeah, yeah right. We, we, right. We just think our right. life is, Everything. you know, 80 plus mm-hmm. years. That's mm-hmm. part of the mystery of him that we're not going to get while we're here. No, so, we yeah. live in the foyer of a mansion mm-hmm. yeah. and we're trying to make it perfect. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, I got a house waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Why are you repainting your foyer six times? <laughs> and right. and yet we would really like to have a really, really nice looking foyer. Right. And so when we meet Just the somebody. Fact that you call it a foyer and not a foyer. <laughs> is super that, impressed. Is with that you. another New York thing I'm supposed to learn? I'm feeling dumber <laughs> by the second. So no, go ahead. You so guys when we, are funny. When we meet somebody, I don't want to disturb what you're saying. Come into my foyer <laughs> in the Upper West Side, yeah, right. Manhattan. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. So when we no. meet somebody who's suffering in the foyer, who's, who we meet somebody, and God is saying no. He's saying no. You can't paint it. No, mm. you can't buy a new chaise. No, you can't. You know, make a place. F- 
make a bench, make a place for your shoes. No, 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 no. We, it terrifies us. We freak out. Okay. We freak out. But don't you think that's because, so let's go, we're all really under this view of God, because we don't really believe Romans 8, 28, that he can right. cause everything to work together for right. our good. And that's what I mean. He's, he's, he's good. He's not tame because right. he sees outside of what right. we see. So we get afraid for them. That's right. the end for them. This suffering's the end for them. And it's like, no, if we really believed God, mm-hmm. we'd believe that right. there's beauty from ashes. And right. There's, and there's a mansion behind the foyer. And mm-hmm. even here on this earth, right. there could Correct. be good that he's working that we don't right. have. I mean, Correct. some of the best Correct. things in my life came out of right. times painful. that I felt they were right. painful. Yeah. And I thought there was no redemption. Yeah. He's right. completely brilliant right. at doing that kind right. of stuff. But I don't think yeah. we believe that either. So mm-hmm. then when it goes wrong with what we're seeing in the moment, Right. We buy into the philosophy. And- well, and we don't allow ourselves to be disappointed, but he's quite capable of handling our disappointment. Right. I mean, read the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a whole book of, you know, David talking to his despairing soul saying, despair not. So right. I, I, I think we just think that God is not able to handle the full range of our reality in mm. that foyer. And he is longing for us to prize him above else, know his tenderness and mercy in our everyday, moment-by-moment life, and to live for eternity and to be empowered to serve our fellow human beings mm. as we wait mm. for this new heaven and new earth that yeah. is not here yet. Right. Well, and as we let him... Serve us. You know, I'm right. thinking, I'm going back to your John 4 example. Talk about him coming to her in her foyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? And then like what she, happened? She would have she would have had no idea mm-hmm. of what he was capable of bringing her. I mean, she right. could have no. Right. And we don't either, do we, of yeah, how good right. he is? And then, like, to your point, yes. What and then, and then, then how beautiful it was, you know, how gentle he yeah, was, yeah. you know. What? Yes. And no, so we don't have a husband. I so, mean, he right. was just so gentle. I and know. then she was thrilled. Yeah. Here's a woman who's going to fetch water at the noonday to avoid shame. She's the one who, by the end of her encounter with Jesus, runs into the town yeah. and says proudly, right. he, he told, told me everything I ever did. Well, yeah. let's just think about what that yes. list is. Yeah. That list is a long right. list of things for which she has lived in shame. Yeah. Yeah. And she must have been truly liberated. Could, right. could I go say mm. to, on this podcast right now, could I just right. say all the bad things I've done that right. Jesus has forgiven me of? Right. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. Well, I must not be as liberated mm. as she was, Co- right? Correct. Because right. it was about him. Yeah. Right, not about her. And you know, just it, as we're talking about this, it just makes me realize in this in this space of unplanned pregnancy and abortion, we're not sharing that beautiful story with women and men, and mm. we're, we're not sharing that. We're not helping them see the beauty of God that can that, that like you say, He is capable right. of bringing beauty from ashes in every scenario, right. in every situation, and we. We limit him because we're afraid Mm -hmm. or we're thinking it's going to be negative. It can't be done. Right. Or it's not going to go in a positive direction or, or we approach people in fear. Yeah. And so we're trying to help somebody who's terrified by using fear. That doesn't work either. We just multiply the fear. fear Right. So it's our, yeah. Mm. So bringing it full circle Mm. back to New York city and what's Mm. happening today, what, because obviously it's a, it's a tense season in the city, but what's the best thing that you think could come out of this 
and maybe what's the worst thing? Like, what do mm. you hope to see happen, and what mm. maybe do you fear pray. could well, happen? Right. So I, I fear. Not fear, but pray against. No, no, no. I mean, what do I want? I want some real conversation. Mm. I want real conversation among, among like, everyone, okay. Okay. among believers, among between people who uh, non-believers. Mm. I, I, you know, honesty. I mean, honesty about what. Um, about this issue. That was, the doorbell. Issue. That was the doorbell of the apartment, I think, right? So we're in New York. No, it's fine. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Denise's face was panicked and Chris keeps going on. That's a New Yorker versus a non-New Yorker. I'm like, should I answer the door? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, speak to the whole thing of maybe people who aren't of faith where you were going. Like, how well, do you what think I'm, we can I'm have just that? saying, you know, I think um I think this law has awakened a lot of people who are all across the political spectrum. Yeah, that's true. It's awakened a whole other conversation yeah. because there's people who are who don't agree with the law, but who would otherwise agree with legalized abortion. And right. so they're like, wait a second, what? Right. How'd this happen? Right. There are people that just can't get their minds around how something like this could be passed in 2019 with the medical knowledge that we have. I mean, so I, I would love, I, and I think all of those, um, everybody's point of view needs to be heard mm. so that not so that we can just kind of, you know, kumbaya, mm -hmm. that's not what I'm saying. We need truth and we need love. And truth without love is not truth. Mm, and right. love without truth is not love. Right. So we must have truth and love. And I don't think any particular group has the corner of the market on that. Mm. No, that is capable. That, that God's truth is revealed. Right. So it doesn't actually, it can, you know, there is such a thing as common grace. Very wise, competent people are not, Christians. Right. Mm -hmm. And we need them. Well, and, and we define truth. There's truth that is revealed mm -hmm. that Christians have that right. they need to speak. So I think but that's not always negative. I, I think when we hear truth, we always think of like calling out the bad things that people are doing, but the truth that God loves us and that Christ can forgive yeah, us. That, yeah, that's truth no, no, that's too. truth. You know no, saying? no, it is. It is. But it's I'm using the full it. truth of, mm -hmm. yes, of the heart of but God. But I think people's temperaments, people's perspectives, people's experience, their point of view, their cultural milieu, mm -hmm all inform yes. how, what they perceive to be the most important truths, yeah. right? So That's it's true. back to, to the, the value ranking, list. The it's ranking. back to the yeah. ranking. Yeah. And so you have to listen mm. yes. Good. well enough to not lose your cool mm. when the ranking is out of whack yeah, right. and so, to say, what's going on here, Yeah. right? And... Um, so have you had a conversation, because you think the law is evil, have you had conversations with people who think the law is good, and how do you navigate well, that? Well, I, I haven't, okay. because, you know... Because that would my, be a fascinating conversation, would, to find people who think the it law would. is good, yeah. and find out why they think it's yes. good, right? Absolutely. Are you going to go um, do that? Or we're I don't know. back part two I with mean, Chris. It, she... Everybody has to be willing to have that conversation. It is a yeah. hard conversation. So I, I actually haven't met a lot of people that yeah. are willing to have oh. that conversation. So but they it, won't talk about it. But it sounds like you're saying so, that something positive that could come out of this would be to oh. see people have begin to come together and respectfully have those conversations. Yes, of course. But I, um, you know, I, I, I think what, 
I think what goes on so much in interpersonal conversation, um, let's just say that, is that we have a posture towards of of one another, which is yes, but. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think we need to have a posture that's yes and. Mm-hmm. More okay, listening. You know? the difference. More listening. So, but, but is a word canceler. Did you know that? The word but cancels everything you say before it. So if you say yes, but, you're kind of dismissing, right? Is that how you I, mean it? Well, I think people experience it that way. I don't yeah. think actually, like, according to the English language, but, that's what that means. But, but I think people experience That's how we experience it. Hey, but, listen, <laughs> I learned that. Yeah. So, so, you just can't so I, think, <laughs> I think this is, this is it. I think the but is, is that is that value list or that truth list, right? And so it's, but, uh, okay, I'm willing to listen to you, but don't yield that. You can't yield, you can't, we can't yield that. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that to further a conversation and to encounter people, honestly, it needs to be a yes and. I mean, Mm -hmm. that my, our daughter's a um, performing artist and she's done some improv and that's how you actually perform wonderful improv is you always give people material and their answer must always be yes. You say no in improv and the improv shuts down. Shuts down. Mm. So, and you say, you know, yes, it becomes hilarity. Right. And the crowd couldn't be happier. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's something to that yeah. in conversation. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you don't hold, you don't, that whatever you wanted to say after the but isn't important. It, it is important, but let's just pause for mm-hmm. a second. Right. And let me let you go a little more into your and. And maybe there's a lot of and we can actually mm. get to. Yeah. Right. Right. That we don't get to. And learn Because from. I'm so afraid from. that the and will mean that I have conceded my beh- moral what's behind ground. my butt, my yeah. moral ground. So, can, so I think this is, and we can wrap up here. It's like, can we respect, can, can I respect my moral views enough to know that they're informed by God, my savior, and they're not going to change by me sitting across the table mm. from someone no. who has different moral views. Right. No, I do think that's a fear Christians yeah. have. And I think if we can say, why are we, why are we subconsciously thinking this? Like I can talk to someone with different mm-hmm. moral views. Now than see me. in New York, I mean, th- so when I say I haven't had that conversation with somebody, frankly, that's just because I work a lot. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Or oh, you philosophize at night, well, clearly. At night. But I think, you know, that's what I love about New York. I'm con- we're constantly with, with people yeah. that but I mean, nobody you, agrees with me. But, 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 you're, but I think most people are afraid to sit do. down. They're afraid to sit down and talk with people. Yeah. And I think, too, the second thing I was going to say along with that is, can we... Denise and I have been working on this. Can we sit down with someone where we know we have some beliefs that are different, but, and I am saying but as a word, because the most important thing is we respect each other Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. I think so often people think, or we do this, that if we disagree with their views, it means we're casting judgment on them as a person, mm-hmm. right? But right. how can well, we that's, respect that's a rule. the Imago I mean, Dei? I mean, unfortunately, that's a cultural rule right now. But yeah. how can we, again, because yeah. Jesus was yeah. able to navigate. So yeah, we, we can just say, all types if, we of just, if we use this example, if we take it back to the gospel, that's what he did. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Right. And it made a lot of 
the religious leaders of the day upset because he was so valuing people. Mm -hmm. He saw us as the image of God. And of course he didn't morally agree, you know, right. But you know, so it's like how to, and I'm not saying we have an answer today. We we have to come to the end of our time. It's complicated complicated because also lives are at stake. right? Right. And so this isn't about, you know, this is not a question about, you know, do you like peanut butter and jelly or tuna fish for lunch? Right. So going back to your point, I, I, I think, and I know you agree with this, you know, yes, lives are at stake, but not by people who really want to take life. It's by people who are, they're, they're in desperate situations. Back to your right. point about there's a true need of human suffering. Right. We live in a culture where the message is, if you have this baby out of time, you know, you and this child will suffer. You know, the, right. There's such a negative narrative as we talk about that, um, the idea of lives are at stake can can frame it in a way that, and I'm not even making any sense. It's like, yes, two lives are at stake, three, right. the woman and the man and the child, right. you know, and how do we love all of them? Mm-hmm. Right. I think we're finding when, when people are heard, no one wants to have an abortion. This law doesn't mm-hmm. exist because there are all right. these people celebrating abortion and thinking it's great. It's like a an end desperate measure to human suffering. So again, back to mm-hmm. your point, if the church would step in, yeah, and address the root issues. Yeah. Would we even need laws like this right. in the long run? Right. In a, well, you know, yes, but as the kingdom comes, I <laughs> know. Another I'm conversation. The, you're the philosopher. I'm the <laughs> yeah. dreamer, yeah. and Denise yeah. is the. I don't implement. know what I am. <laughs> I don't know what I am, but I think if we just continue to go back to the gospel and yeah. engage with not only women and and men around unplanned pregnancy, but also the community and also those who view this law very differently than we do. If we can do it the way Jesus did, I think we'd see a lot more success. You think? I think. Jesus, he's he's pretty wise. Well, (laughs) thanks for you guys for having this conversation today. It's a tough one. I appreciate that we were able to navigate. And um, hey, we'll have you on again, Chris. Absolutely. You have a lot more to say. All right, thanks everybody for joining us. Hope you are able to go out and have new conversations, even this week. Take a chance. Thanks.